Welcome and thank you for joining us today for the last Christian podcast. We're so blessed to have you join us. It's time again to join Brother J.D. Williams in seeking the hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, chasing away the worries of the world and replacing them with the blessed hope. We're in a moment in the twinkle of an eye at the last trumpet, the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Brother J.D. Williams insists there must be a final person or last Christian to accept Christ before the sound of the trumpet. Will it happen today? Here now, Brother J.D. Williams. Good evening, and thanks again for joining me for another edition of The Last Christian Podcast. My name is J.D. Williams, the CEO of Ustreamit, the parent company of The Last Christian, Revelation Generation, and Revelation Radio. Before we get started tonight, I first want to explain why we've moved the podcast from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Central Time each Wednesday. That being to better coordinate our broadcast schedule as we begin broadcasting the all-new Last Christian Radio Show on the world's number one rated online Christian radio station, Evangelism Radio, where Brother T.L. Terry Farley has agreed to join me as a co-host on every show. Both T.L. and myself are honored and so very blessed to have the opportunity to further spread the message of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on that new radio show, which will soon be broadcast live each Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday from 7.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Now, I'll be announcing the date of that first broadcast in the coming days, so please be sure to, to visit www.lastchristian.net or www.ustreamit.net for much more information as it becomes available and as this ministry continues to grow at lightning speed. Good evening and welcome again to another edition of The Last Christian. Tonight we're going to have an extraordinary guest with us in the form of the president of Behold Israel, Amir Tesforte. Now, I had originally thought that this would be a one-part series, Rumors of Wars, but with all that's been going on, I felt that it was extremely important to bring Amir's perspective to to this. He has been teaching on this topic for so long. And if you are unaware of it, right now in the world, they are calling in many countries that there be a war crimes tribunal gathered with the intent of arresting and prosecuting President of Russia, Vladimir Putin. Now, if you believe that that can actually happen without there being war, then I would strongly suggest that you look at things much more carefully. N nuclear powers do not give up their president to n anyone, including the United States, including China, including any nation on Earth. But it could lead to catastrophic events. So tonight, I am going to begin the first part of rumors of war, and again with Amir Tersparte. And I hope that you enjoy this pre-recorded event. Okay, I know that our time is uh, very limited today, and I know that you're very passionate about this, so I'm going to jump right in, and I'd like your thoughts on the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, uh, your general impressions 
of how the world has uh, reacted to it and exactly how you feel that this uh, uh, affects the nation of Israel and specifically how it affects uh, biblical prophecy. Ukraine is the flesh and blood of Russia. If the Russians have no problem doing that to this country that was the cradle of the Russian Empire, if they can, if, if they can do that to them, to Russian-speaking, blue-eyed, blonde-haired people of the same Slavic heritage, how much more they will have no problem doing that to some Mediterranean Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, pers uh, a nation that you know, is not even related to them. Right. You see it on the Ukraine. Ukraine right now is a picture of what's going to happen to Israel. But if you really think about it, besides sanctions, there is no soldier, one single soldier that America or Europe or NATO are sending to the Ukraine. No fighter jet, no tank, no, uh, you know, a battleship, right, nothing. Talk. So sanctions are nice. They're more of a protest in a way but they are not helping them on the ground in a way that can tilt the whole thing to, uh, a, towards a Ukrainian victory. So the good thing is, I know the end of the book, and I know right. that in, in Israel's case, it's going to be the God of Israel that is going to show up and will destroy the enemy's uh, attack. But in Ukraine's case, I must say we are watching an example uh, or maybe even a, 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 a some sort of a um, uh, a, a pre uh, display of what mm -hmm. is going to happen with Israel in in, in later on, right. because Ukraine is all by itself. There is a lot of protest all around, but Ukraine stands all by itself, and it it won't be able to stand for too long. You, we all know that because even if the Russians lost even 10% of their soldiers on the ground, they still have 90% ready. Right. And um, they have enough ammunition, enough weapons. They have 10 times the aircrafts and, and tanks and, and battleships than the Ukrainians do. And, and so they do have enough oxygen to take it long and the Ukrainians don't. And so what we see now is in a way something that is very sad but um is is only going to cause the russians to have an, a, a greater appetite in the in the future even in right. syria if you really think about it, it's the same general by the way that is running the show in mariupol in on the on the black sea that uh, ran the show also in northern syria and idlib when they can go in or if they do not want to go in they just destroy it from afar and break yeah. the spirit of the people in. And so what we see now happening to the Ukraine is what probably is going to happen, or at least they want to uh, happen in, in Israel in the future. Because if you really read carefully the account in Ezekiel, you see that that is going to be an attack that literally only God can stop. Right. The, the Israeli military won't be able to stop it the uh, we will not have any ally that will come and help us on the ground and that is going to be the time for the god of israel to step in and to um, miraculously supernaturally uh, defeat the enemy oh and i totally agree uh, you know i've been saying for some time that this invasion uh, demonstrates just how willing that russia is to do whatever is necessary uh, to win in the ukraine uh, and with this podcast, uh, I'm actually up to the point of talking about uh, wars and rumors of war that 
Jesus spoke of in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 24. And believe me, we're going to get into that. But uh, my question right now is, why hasn't Israel been more outspoken about the uh, Russian invasion or really done anything to help in the Ukraine? I mean, especially uh, with uh, uh, Russia having uh, so many troops uh, right there on the uh, Israeli border. Russia has a very, very large presence in Syria, not only with a, uh, a naval uh, seaport, but also an airbase in Khmeimim, and also some special forces on the ground along the Golan Heights. And for us, um, if the Russians would not be there, it's going to be the Iranians that would be there. Everywhere the Russians are today, if they were not there, the Iranians would be there. Right. And therefore, right. I, I say it's within our interest at the, at the moment to keep them and to keep good relations with them because without their blind eye or approval, we wouldn't be able to strike Iranian assets on the ground in Syria. There was some tension between Israel and Russia ever since Bennett became prime minister. Putin did not trust Bennett as much as he trusted Netanyahu. And so for a few months, Israel was actually not allowed to strike from the air. And okay. most of the attacks in Syria were surface-to-surface -surface missiles. Okay. Naftali Bennett's traveling to Russia as a mediator actually gave us one more time the option to strike from the air. And so you see, it's a very delicate thing. When you have the Iranians and the Russians on your northern border, right. you <laughs> yeah. do not want to be the enemy of Russia. Absolutely. And everyone knows that. And so we, we are not members of NATO. We are not members of the EU. We barely are members of any alliance in the region besides the Abraham Accords that are not really a, a military alliance. We cannot afford being the enemies of Russia at this point. Uh, Vladimir Putin right now is acting in, according to the Western world, in a very irrational way. But according to his philosophy, it's not irrational. He's been seeing um, Ukraine as part of Russia for the longest time and what the West and especially America did in Ukraine since 2014, for him was unacceptable. However, Vladimir Putin is also a person of interest. He can look around and see what serves his interest at the moment. And this is why he allowed the Israeli prime minister to come all the way to Moscow and talk to him, because at the moment, it serves his interest. Right. At the moment, it serves his interest to be friends with Israel. At the moment, um, you know, interests are the name of the game in the Middle East. You know, I don't think the Saudis fell in love with us. I don't think the Emiratis fell in love with us. Right. But I think it's within their interest at the point, at this point in history, even for the Turks at the moment, it's within their interest to be on our side. Right. But the, when the moment comes and interest will show them that being with Israel is, is actually not a good thing, they'll immediately flip. Yeah. Putin right. will do that. Turkey will do that. Iran will always stay where it is. Right. And uh, of course, we have Syria, Libya and Sudan that at the moment um, are still on our side, but it's not Libya, Sudan, but yeah. it's only a matter of time. You know, I'm not, I'm not impressed with the alliances that we see today because they won't hold water for too long. Right. They serve the interest of countries at the moment, but the minute things will shift and change, 
everything is going to change. And this is why I hold on to the Word of God. Without the Bible, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be uh, giving you any, any wiser estimate than any other person around the world. Well, you know, in, in this podcast, um, I've been talking about Russia's dependence on uh, oil uh, in their economy and also how those sanctions uh, that you were speaking of uh, that have been imposed are, are hurting them in the regard to the sale of their oil. And then looking at Israel and the fact that it has so much, uh, in my mind anyway, that would seem to serve as the reason that Russia would be drawn into a conflict with Russia or the hook in the jaw that the Bible speaks of in uh, Ezekiel 38. So really, I'm still confused uh, why Israel still seems to be so friendly with Russia. I mean, you can't tell me that someone in Israel isn't familiar uh, with Bible scripture uh, and uh, very specifically uh, what it what it says about uh, Russia invading and uh, going to war uh, with Israel. When you don't believe, you can read it, but if you don't believe in it, there's a big difference. Jesus, uh, you know, rebuked the disciples on the road to Emmaus that they 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 read the scriptures, the prophetic scriptures, but they never believed that which the prophet have said. Israel at the moment trust Russia, or at least used to trust Russia too much. I think that many of them are now changing a little bit their mind when they see that, uh, you know, when Russia wants something, Russia has no problem even attacking its own flesh and blood. But as far as the natural gas is concerned, I also, just like you do, I believe this is exactly the hook in the jaw of Russia. Israel is very careful also not to become a a, an out, out in the open competitor of Russia. So what we do, we sell more gas to Egypt, and Egypt is selling it to uh, to Europe. Um, may I also remind you that the Israeli gas is a third of the price of the gas that the Europeans Absolutely. are paying. Yeah, right. right. Um, this is why the Egyptians and the Jordanians, as much as their nations are not in love with the gas deal with Israel. The leaders are very much in love with that deal because we sell them the cheapest gas they can ever find in the world right now. But the right. time will come when Russia will see and identify that Israel is basically the supplier of all of this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Russian economy is all about energy. It's coal, oil and gas. And right. if they cannot survive, they will do whatever it takes to uh to keep them the, their head afloat above the water and, and including attacking Israel. Yeah. So I also, again, I believe, and I did a Middle East update on this subject a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I do believe that the hook in the jaw is indeed the, the natural gas of Israel and Russia will come to that realization when, uh, when they see how the sanctions are, are, are really affecting their economy. Right. And, you know, again, in this series, uh, I'm up to the point of discussing the fact that that hook in the jaw that we both believe is being set uh, is leading to the future Gog-Magog war. Uh, I, I mean, Russia might be talking nicely with 
uh, Israel at the moment, but Iran sure isn't. And uh, we really haven't spoken much about Iran and its hatred for Israel or the uh, destruction of Damascus uh, that I've been talking about uh, in this podcast series. So uh, referencing both the books of Isaiah and Ezekiel, uh, with Iran being so focused on destroying Israel, uh, what are your thoughts on the new uh, Iranian deal uh, with the United States and Iran? Uh, how do you think that that impacts Israel? And uh, how do you think uh, that each of those things uh, are, are going to unfold uh, also in regard to not only just Iran, but the, uh, the future of the uh, city of Damascus? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us that Israel is going to destroy the nuclear facilities in Iran or that it's going to be Israel that will destroy Damascus. So if I, if, if, if I say that we will do that, it's, it's, my, it's my interpretation of current events. But one thing I do know, the Iranians are weeks before they reach their nuclear capability. And I do know that Damascus has to stop from existing Absolutely. as a city. Absolutely. These are the two things... Uh, that I know. Now, what can Israel do about that? Israel has to take care of business in Iran before there is a deal. And by the way, if there is a deal, we cannot do that. Just so you know, it's uh, because the world powers are going to stand behind Iran now and not against Iran. And so we really literally have days or if not weeks to decide, are we going to strike or not? Regarding Damascus, I'm not sure who is going to destroy it, but I'm sure that Israel will be blamed for it because this is how it goes in the Middle East. If something like that happened, it's always Israel to be blamed. And that's all that matters. If Israel would be blamed, then Israel has to be paying for it. I agree. And so I always believed, although the Bible doesn't put them together, those two prophecies of Ezekiel and Isaiah, if I have to guess which one comes first, I believe that it's Damascus falling that will happen first, that's, that's that maybe even lead to the um, that's what Ezekiel War. The biblical account is very, very clear. There will be a, an attack that is led by the leader of Russia, Gog, who is going to um, go out for a financial economic war. This is not a war because we are Jews. It's not a war because we take the land from Palestine. This is all about some spoils of war. Some, because the Bible says that the protest will be that they come to loot. They come to take booty. They come to, they come to steal. So this is all about the spoils of war. They're coming right. to take something from us. Well, and so Russia is there without any sentiments, without any agenda, uh, religious or political agenda. It's a pure financial gain. And with them comes all those that do have an agenda. Right. Uh, you, you, you can have uh, Turkey that has the agenda of wanting to be the leader of the Sunni world. You've got Iran that wants the agenda of, of taking over the entire Muslim world as the Shiite uh, uh, you know, uh, leader. And you've got their protectorates um, in, in Northern Africa that will serve at the time of need 
as another um, arrow from where attack will come. Right. And of course, by doing so, embarrass Israel and try to be on the upper hand. Look, Israel cannot survive a simultaneous attack from north, east, south, and west. It cannot. And this is exactly why it's not the business of the Israeli military to win this war, because we can't. It's the business of the God of Israel to win this war. Right. There is no way a barrage of thousands of rockets flying from Syria and from Lebanon, from um, Turkey and from um, Sudan and Libya, Israel will not survive. We, we, there is no doubt that this will paralyze, cripple, and destroy our country. And so for that, we need a supernatural uh, victory that can only be achieved with uh, you know, the God of Israel. And by the way, I'm glad that the armies of Israel and the government of Israel are not mentioned in Ezekiel. Because this is exactly the point. God wants to get the glory. And the Bible says that he's going to do that so the nations will see that he is God. And this is one more display of, of his lordship and also his faithfulness to Israel. Israel eventually will not be destroyed. And so the, the, whoever will be destroyed, it's the enemies of Israel and not Israel itself. Right. And, you know, now I have no idea whether or not, uh, as some think that Putin may be Gog, as spoken of in the Bible. Uh, but while there are some people that also think Putin could be the Antichrist, I know you don't hold that opinion, and I certainly don't either. Uh, but I do strongly believe that the Gog and Magog war will lead to the acceptance of Christ by the last Christian that we talk about uh, in this uh, podcast, uh, that the last individual to accept Christ uh, will do so, uh, and that will be followed immediately by the rapture and the ultimate rise of the Antichrist. So anyway, if you can, uh, if you can remember uh, uh, all the uh, all the points that that I. Uh, just went over there. Uh, I'd love to have your have your impression of it. I've, I've always taught that the Antichrist will come from where the Roman Empire used to be um, two thousand years ago, from Western Europe. I believe it, it. This is where he will come from, and I do believe that what we see in Europe today is laying the foundation for him to uh, rise from that part of the world. America's uh, uh, greatness, uh, unfortunately, is in question right now in, in lieu of, of your recent elections and the performance of, of your uh, government right now. Look, I try to find reason in, in the performance of the U.S. government today. I really try. I try hard. I try hard to understand why would anyone with his right mind offer to remove the Iranian Revolutionary Guard from the list of terror organizations. I try to understand why would anyone want to appease Iran if, if it's only going to last for two and a half years and then give them license to have a, a bomb after that. Yeah. I try to understand why would anyone not declare the Houthis as terror organization? No why would anyone no pull out of uh, Afghanistan in such a reckless way? And I come to the point where I think it's a, such a spiritual uh, warfare and such a spiritual blindness. I don't even believe they do it on purpose. I believe they're so blinded. They are so 
they call evil good and good evil, you know, darkness light and light darkness. They are fighting the wrong fights. And, yeah. and it's such a tragic thing to see, but at the same time, prophetic one. Exactly. Look, if Israel stands alone, when the Russians will come to attack us, that means America is no longer there for Israel. That means America is no longer there for its allies. And for that, America has to eventually be weak and step down from that dominance. That if it even has. there. Look, you and I know that 45th president, uh, I could never say that he will not come to help us. <laughs> I couldn't. You know, the, he helped us more than we actually asked him to. Uh, you know, the the last year, a year, and uh, few months, we, we we definitely see a different, uh, you know, different music from from the Oval Office. Yeah, the spiritual blindness is not just in America; it's also in Israel, it's also in Europe, and eventually we we are going to see. This is part of what the world is now going through. This whole. Uh, brainwashing that the world is going through right yeah. now. Uh, much of the war in the Ukraine and Russia is is actually a war of disinformation, a war of of the media, a war of, of brainwashing. Look, this is a new dimension that we've never seen before. And now, whoever rules, whoever runs the show when it comes to the media, when it comes to, you know, brainwashing people. That's the person that is going to lead eventually. That's the person going to win eventually. Right. Now, I, I know that uh, the connection is going to be broken here in just a couple of minutes. But uh, before the podcast ends, I know that you do travel uh, and teach extensively uh, all over the world. Uh, but uh, before we uh, wrap things up today, I, I want you to have the time to at least briefly mention uh, your latest books, uh, one of which is already on the uh, Revelation Generation uh, website, and the other one uh, will be shortly. But I'm, I just want to give you just a second, and, and I know time is quick, quickly getting away from us here, but uh, very, very quickly uh, mention uh, your books. We just came out with a brand new uh, book uh, to explain the book of Revelation, because I, I do believe that there's a, a, a horrible biblical illiteracy among Christians who yeah. misinterpret things, take things out of context, and therefore, instead of being encouraged, they're, they're anxious, they're fearful, and they're confused. So I, I wrote a book called Revealing Revelation. It's a, it's a journey throughout all 22 chapters of the book of Revelation, and there's a workbook that comes. But I also... I also realize there's, a, there's hundreds of thousands of people around the world that will not go into a bookstore and pick up a Christian study book. So for right. that, I tackle this with a, a thriller, a fiction thriller. This one is Operation Yoktan. I basically, this is going, that's the first installment. We are working on the second one. And basically what I'm saying is I'm bringing to those who want to run away from reality I am bringing them the reality in a different way. Right. And, uh, well, now, the connection is all but gone. I just have, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you about, uh, it looks like about three seconds here. So uh, thank you for being on. And keep, uh, please, keep uh, keep going on. And I'll tell people a little bit more about uh, uh, Behold uh, Israel as well. God bless you. Bye-bye. 
Well, I think that you can see now why I needed to divide this, uh, this subject of rumors of wars into two segments, at least two segments. Uh, I felt like it was very, very important to bring Amir on because he understands this so well. He's the last governor of the uh, city of Jericho, right before it was given away by Israel in one of the uh, attempts to secure peace in the Middle East. He was uh, a member of the Israeli uh, Defense Force, and he has taught extensively all over the world on the Bible and specifically on prophecy. So I do invite you to look him up online uh, with Behold Israel. Uh, I think that you will find uh, that everything that he speaks of is so timely and he's, he's so correct. He understands the Bible so, so very well. And I know that, uh, that you would find it very, very helpful to you. Now, before we leave today, I do want to ask the question again. Are you the last Christian? Is it a member of your family, a co-worker, a friend? Are you the last person that will accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior before the rapture of the church? Because as we have said, we firmly believe here that when that last individual accepts Jesus Christ as Savior, known only to God, that that is the moment the rapture occurs and we have the privilege of meeting Christ in the air. So if you have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, please tell him that you know you've sinned. Ask him for your forgiveness. Tell him that you know, you have no doubt that Jesus Christ died for you, that he rose from the grave, that he ascended to heaven, and that he's coming back then do your very best to follow him each and every day for the rest of your life. And I promise you, if you do that, you will find peace that exceeds any understanding. You will also have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you will be saved. Please take a moment, if you have the time, and look us up online at www net, which is the parent company of this broadcast, and www.lastchristian.net, which is specific to the Last Christian podcast and radio programs. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next week, and God bless you.